Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. It is Wednesday, June 20th. I am Connor Guerra. He is Chris Marler. Chris, we are in like peak off-season mode right now. It is the middle of June. It is like 98 degrees outside. Oh my gosh. Good band, by the way. Great band, yeah. Oh, geez. In Orlando, it is very, very hot. But we are surviving, and we are getting you through the off-season. You, sir... Is it 98 degrees in O-Town? Ha! That's good. All right. That's good. We lost a couple listeners there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little... Uh, probably like three too, too many boy band references for the first like 30 seconds of a podcast. I went home yesterday to Columbia, beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, um, or two days ago for Father's Day, and uh, had to do some stuff at the DMV. The heat index was 108. Yeah, that is way too hot. It's a good thing that they don't play football in this weather. But you, sir, we got something to clear up because last time we, we got a lot of stuff to get to today, as always. But uh, you, last week on the podcast, got called out by a certain co-host for not having headphones in your apartment, but one pair. You need to issue an apology. We have so many pairs. We have so many pairs of headphones. I, I just, I guess, I don't know what happened, but I leave them in the same spot every single week. Put them right in the middle of the desk. So I blamed my girlfriend, said that she's the one that took them to work or moved them. And I was very, very stern via text. Uh, I was like, really just projecting a lot. They were under my laptop, literally under my laptop. Yeah, that's about the most fitting story I've ever heard from you. Not surprising 1%. She said, I have to issue her, I have to read this, I'm sorry, a full mea culpa, whatever the hell that means. For the headphones, so Latin, I think Latin. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a booming and blossoming language. Okay, well, are, yeah. are, are we good? Are we we're moving on from the apology? I, I hope so. I'm like really not. I've got scoliosis. I can't be sleeping on this couch all day. <laughs> good God. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so uh, we're going to transition to a subject that you very much like, and that is Yay. Vegas. We love talking odds on this this here podcast and we love updated odds because they happen all the time and one of the things that is going to be updated throughout the offseason throughout the regular season that people seem to like talking about even though there really seems to be a kind of a consensus winner in this uh, department my gambling debt your gambling debt yeah we always yeah. know that the the house wins when it comes to your gambling when it comes to your gambling debts but uh, we have some updated Heisman trophy odds and there were seven SEC players listed with odds 50 to 1 or better and yes, Jalen Hurts, one of those players, 50 to 1 better odds. How Love much it. money are you putting on Jalen Hurts right now? Zero. I'm not putting any money on anyone in the SEC except for one player. Tim Tebow. Th- that's a very good guess. Uh, Jake Fromm. Interesting. Explain. So I just I feel like Tua and Jalen are gonna split time early on. We're gonna we're gonna get to it in a minute. Yeah, we're gonna agree yeah, to disagree, disagree on that for now. Yeah. And I saw Damian Harris was listed. Like, I don't think Najee Harris had uh, had odds, but like, they're going to have to split so many carries, so many reps at quarterback. I mean, I think they're actually going to finally at since back. Calvin Ridley's gone. Yeah, I'm, but I'm saying like, they're going to split reps there. They're also going to split right. reps at quarterback. I think they're going to finally spread the ball around now that Calvin Ridley's gone. I I don't. Th- I mean, bottom line, Bama quarterbacks don't win the Heisman. They just don't. They just don't. No, Tua. they finished like fourth and opened up like a Toyota dealership like eight years later. Tua is maybe a little bit different than the past Alabama quarterbacks. Yeah. When you have a running game as dominant as Alabama, you simply do not need to throw the ball. This year, right. that could change the style of their offense. We can get into that later. But you bring up a good point about Damian Harris, and I think you see him on a lot of the preseason like award watch lists and stuff like that. Right. And I love Damian Harris, and I think that he should get a lot of work. But I don't think that Alabama is, is really going to give him the amount of work that it's going to take to win one of these awards no. or even necessarily to be first team all SEC. And that's not a slight to Damian Harris. I think he's a tremendous player. But I think I'll get the all SEC just as a career award because he, he's going for his third thousand yard season in a row. So who doesn't get it, Benny Snell or DeAndre Swift? I mean, I think he's better than both of them. Uh, Swift, I don't know, Swift's pretty good. So like you got also you got you also have to remember LSU still is going to have somebody. And I honestly, I don't know who it is. I honestly don't know who it is, what his name is. I bet he starts it with a K. But whoever the running back is at Auburn Cam Martin. can't be counted out. Is it? Perfect. <laughs> they can't be counted out in that offense. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably true. I would still tend to favor um, other options than Damian Harris. I wouldn't necessarily be throwing him into this mix. Unless, of course, you know, if if one of the Harrises goes down, then I think the other is a little bit more Don't. of an intriguing option. I'm not—okay, sorry. I hit Jaylen, out a very sensitive subject. In. Yeah. 
Uh, Jalen going to take over at running back. Then his Heisman odds would probably go up. I, I just, every, like, I saw you put this in, in the notes and you said, who on this list could make a run at it? And then who's not on this list could make right. a run at it? And I didn't realize until after I wrote down all my answers that you probably meant in the SEC. In the SEC. Because I, I listed a long list of people that I think are much better candidates outside of the conference. Not because they're better players, just because they're they're going to have the like better opportunities and put up more numbers. Well, yeah. Cool Tate. Yeah. Oh, and Khalil Tate is is one of the favorites. I listed yeah. the SEC because I mean it's an SEC. That's podcast. the name of our podcast. It's our job. Yeah, yeah. That I should have thought that. Yeah, what we do for a living. Um, but yeah, Tua Tua has the best odds at eight to one of any SEC player, and it's not that far off from having the best overall odds. That goes to Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin running back. And you're looking at guys, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, uh, he is now and then 19 Bryce years old. Bryce True is the other. The uh, the Bryce other. Love, not Bryce True. Bryce Love. Bryce Love, great country singer. People forget uh, Bryce Drew, former Vanderbilt, or not Vanderbilt, Valparaiso great, is actually coaching at Vanderbilt now. Uh, very confusing. That's a lot of Vs there. That's too many Vs. I wouldn't say people forget that. They just didn't know it. Uh, well, you see it every March Madness because he hit that incredible shot. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. But anyway, yeah. I just, I don't trust the, I don't trust Bama's offense being in a position where they're going to like put up enough stats, either like them being up early or like I said, splitting reps. I don't. I think that's a really, really bad bet. If anybody's taking that, Jake Fromm, ten to one. Jake Fromm, that's great. That is a great, great number. Twenty-four touchdowns last year, seven interceptions, in a, as a backup to start the year. So here's the thing: he was a backup for a quarter. Let's let's be hundred percent honest. He was a backup for a quarter, and he played fifteen games in a season. I love Jake Fromm. I just wrote it this past yeah. week. Shameless plug about like Jake Fromm's upside and basically like what kind of guy are we looking at is like what is his upside in comparison to some of the the past SEC greats is he an AJ McCarron a guy who's going to be throughout his career the running backs are always going to dominate the workload and he's always going to be known as more of a facilitator or is he a game changer as many think he is I mean the I mean not to name drop are they I mean okay so I understand that that point but is he a facilitator and a game manager because that's what his numbers show that he is or how he, like his style of play? Or is it because we just have that ingrained in our heads of that's what he is because they're a run first offense. AJ McCarron, his senior year had 30 touchdowns and three interceptions. Exactly. Exactly. And I think AJ McCarron got a little bit of a raw deal when it comes to that. And maybe he was overlooked currently back then. And we've had more time to appreciate just how good he was. We had a discussion about like the top 10 most influential players of the Nick Saban era. And I think he was like great hair or four. tremendous hair, Um, tremendous hair. Yeah. So I told you I had him as like close to being my, my uh, starter for the all all time SEC team. Yeah. I I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say, I'd say actually Jake Fromm throws a better deep ball than, than AJ McCarron. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but um, and I'm getting you riled up here, so I'll avoid that. But speaking of I no one does that better than AJ. I ain't no one. You're such a bammer. Um, so Nonsense. we've got uh, more quarterbacks on this list who are showing up. Uh, Jared Stedham is at 25 to 1. Drew Locke is at 33 to 1. That's a little bit. People might look at that and think like, well, Drew Locke is supposed to be this first-round quarterback. And if you set an SEC single-season record for touchdown passes, why isn't he higher? Well, I would argue that Derek Dooley's offense is a mystery, and if, you, if you're going to be a Heisman candidate, you really have to improve on your numbers from the previous season, and if he doesn't do that, you know, to me, then his odds go way down. And if you're going to win the order as a quarterback, you got to be competing for a division title at least. They lost Jermon Moore. We saw the spring game, and I know it's just the spring game, but good God, those receivers looked rough. Yeah, Emmanuel Hall's going to have to do some work in that offense. Yeah, um, I mean, so the one, one person that's the obvious answer on here is Debo Samuel. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. And the wild card with him is is health always. I, I thought about this today. He's like a, he's literally like Achilles in the movie Troy. And I hate to say that because he got injured, but it's like Carolina fans are just putting all their eggs in that basket. Just Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel train all year long. You know what, though? I will say that Carolina's got more depth at receiver than maybe they've had. And I know losing a guy like Hayden Hurst, who's such a valuable tight end, really the safety valve for for Jake Bentley was rough. But, you know, they've got guys like Ortre Smith. They've got, you know, a true freshman coming in who's expected to play right away. Um, I think this is it. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is still there. He's got like 14 years of eligibility. Sterling Sharp. Um, Really loaded team, if you look at it. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I think Jake Bentley could have more weapons. Jake Bentley didn't get on this list. And I think that's actually fair because his numbers really were not that good last year. And I think there are a lot of people that are sipping a little bit too much. He's only 13 years old. Yeah, he's 13 years old. People forget he should be at his middle school dance this year. Right. Yeah. He's actually going to miss the Georgia game because he's a bat mitzvah. So, like, I I hope. (laughs) Or bar mitzvah. But, I mean. How many bar mitzvahs have you been to in your life? I went as a date, uh, as an adult to one. And I tell you what, they party. It was awesome. I think I've been to about 15 or 20. What? Yeah. No, surprising fact about the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, a lot of Jewish people. Grew up with a lot of Jewish friends. Went to a lot of bar yeah. mitzvahs. Fun fact. Surprising fun fact about the uh, the South. <laughs> I'll go to- uh, Not the same. Hey, if Jake Bentley uh, is going to a bar mitzvah or something like that, you know, we'll be the first to report on it. But yes, yeah, so you, move, you kind of move through these quarterbacks, and Drew Locke is the same odds as Nick Fitzgerald and DeAndre Swift at 33 to 1. I'm looking at- at Fitzgerald and Swift as at 33 to 1. If I'm if I'm saying what is the best SEC player for my money right now, that might be the most intriguing just because Fitzgerald has put up big numbers in the past and he's gonna have a chance to, I think now we sort of expect uh, oh, yeah. Heisman candidates to if oh, you're boy. gonna be a quarterback, you gotta put up numbers as a running back and as a quarterback. And I'm not saying that he's right. gonna win the award, but like 33 to 1. I mean, we're not we're not talking about a guy who is. Um, yeah, it's no secret that you're going to be on board with that oh, bet. Geez, yeah, I mean the Swift thing. Like I, I agree with that you said. Like Swift is out of all these players, I, I I think he has the most star potential besides maybe Tua because he's he's so good. He's so good. And I keep saying this over and over. There's 300. I think it's 392 carries available that right. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb are not going to have this but year. But he's not going to get those. And like and a running back to win it, you have to have like, I mean, like Derrick Henry had like the other year, he had 23 touchdowns and like 2,200 yards or something stupid. Like, I mean, you got to... He had like 340 carries too. Yeah. But I mean, like you, like Georgia's not going to do that because they're not going to be in a position where they have to do it. But I think he could still rack up 1,500 yards and put himself oh, in a yeah. position to do it. And that's... that's but that won't be in good enough numbers for the Heisman though. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I, I'm just saying, I know they're loaded at the position, but who knows? Zamir white takes a little bit longer to come back. John, I mean, Jonathan Taylor up at Wisconsin, they don't have, I know you're going to get mad about this, but he's their only option on offense. Cause that, that quarterback of theirs, I'm not sure if he is actually left-handed. I think he actually might be right-handed. Shout out Alex Hornybrook, who does a really good rendition of Chicken Fried by Zach Brown Band. Fun fact. Oh my gosh, that is one of the worst sentences I've ever heard in my entire life. I love me some He needs to do a better band. rendition of strengthening that arm, putting some zip, some velo, some fingertip speed. Hey, uh, look pretty good against Miami uh, in the Orange Bowl, just saying. But yeah, the, so the Heisman list is going to be updated throughout the offseason. We know that it will. I am not touching that Jalen Hurts 50 to 1 with a 10 foot pole. I know there are some who probably will and will probably, you know, 10 bucks. That's just 10 bucks to Vegas, in my opinion. We're going to talk more Jalen Hurts stuff later because there are different elements of this whole thing that we want to yeah. get to. But And put your money on Cam Akers. Uh, Cam Akers, Cam Martin, anybody with a K on Auburn, really. Cam, uh, okay. I know Cam Akers is an Auburn. Don't don't get mad, Florida State fans. I don't didn't know. Um, yeah, he could easily be in this conversation. So we've got some new rules in college football. Of course, this came out last week on a Wednesday, and as it often does, all the news happens on a Wednesday. There's like four total stories that have come out this entire last three months, and they've all come out like literally as we're taking out our headphones or like the following day. Yeah. So we're we're gonna run through some of these and talk about some of the the impacts that that they could have. Um, and one of the big ones that everybody was paying attention to was the one about red shirts where a player can maintain their red shirt year by playing in four games or less in a given season. Uh, it doesn't necessarily change the timeline of what a player is going to be able to do. You still got to be able right. to complete your college in five years, all that stuff. But the thing that everybody wants to know is how does that impact Jalen Hurts? And could Alabama... Honestly, did not think about this until this morning. Okay, so I, I saw this... From from some Alabama writers who threw out this question, could Alabama potentially use this strategy to keep Jalen Hurts on the roster? Because here's the here's the upside of this, and I'll, I'll preface this first because I I don't like this at all. Let me just get that out there. The logic behind it is, if you're Alabama, you can tell Jalen Hurts, okay, we're gonna have you play in more of like you know a rotational role. You're gonna play your four games this year. You still get to redshirt. And then you can go anywhere at season's end because he's graduating in December and you'll still have two years of eligibility left. 
that's that on paper is like, all right, that's kind of cool. Like that's intriguing because if Jalen Hurts transfers right now, he's still gonna have to see sit. you soon, Coach Kiffin. Yeah. Uh, so when he goes to FAU, um, no, he's not doing that. At least not yet. But if he were to do that right now, he would have to sit out uh, the the 2018 right. season and then have two years of eligibility left. So what's the difference? Why not just play to Alabama? Right. Here's the thing. There is no way, and I said this to you earlier, there is no way. Such a great point. That Jalen Hurts is going to go for that. That he is going to sit there and say, yeah, I'll only play in four games. You want to play me in four games? That's fine. I'll just wait until the end of the season. I'll do whatever you guys need to do. That's that's totally cool. This is High five. High five. This is the same guy who had these comments go public about his dad coming out saying, you know, Jalen's going to play quarterback, and he's not playing receiver, and he's not going to take any, you know, this is like basically a team asking for a hometown discount. And he's not just going to stay at Alabama just so that they can. I don't know about that. No, but but it's like similar along these, you know, not not in the literal sense, but like. They just don't want him to transfer. Exactly, exactly. But you know why they, like one of the reasons they might not want him to transfer, and this is going to blow everyone's mind, everyone's mind, especially you Alabama fans, listen up. Maybe Saban thinks he's good enough to start. I know that's crazy, I, and I I agree with you that Tua is probably a better quarterback, and I like totally get that. However, everyone just writing him off like they don't like it's almost like he's a detriment to the team. I get he didn't look great at the end of last year. He looked terrible against Georgia. He missed a lot of open receivers. He always locked in on Ridley. He was twenty six and two as a starter. He was he threw seventeen touchdowns and one interception last year. I'm not taking away from Jalen Hurts. You're exactly right. And people who have written him off saying that he's never going to start yeah, matter. The sky is not falling. Yeah, the sky is not falling. Alabama's still in a very good position when it comes to quarterbacks. Nobody's nobody's doubting that. Here's the thing though. So if you're if you're Saban and you want to sort of say, we have Tua here, we have Jalen here, and I want to try and play this down the fence. I'm not going to name a starter until the opening day. And then I'm going to hopefully try and play both of these quarterbacks. I don't think that's going to work, and I don't think that Jalen's going to go for that. I think he wants to be declared the, the starter or else he's leaving, and I think if he senses that he's going to not be the starter, yeah. he's out of town, and I don't think there's any way that Saban is going to be able to keep him on the roster, and then let's say Saban does somehow miraculously keep him on the roster and get him to buy into this belief that he could potentially play and that Tua isn't the guy and isn't the superstar that everybody thinks he is. So what is stopping Nick Saban from playing to, from playing Jalen Hurts in more than four games. What does he owe Jalen Hurts to say, you need to stay in this roster? And he could just play him six six games and then burn a year uh, and take away that redshirt year, and then all of a sudden you're, you could just say, he's got one year of eligibility left, good luck. I totally, I mean, I don't think there's a malicious part of it where he's like, I'm going to screw this kid over. Like, the whole thought process on this has to be, we need two quarterbacks. We, we have to have two quarterbacks. And Jalen does provide a different set of skills than Tua does. Tua does all of them other, the other ones better, but it's fine. I mean, I don't think that Saban, as as much of a a-hole as he can be, I don't think he's like a vindictive person that's gonna like intentionally screw this kid over just for his own benefit. Right. I mean, but at the same time, Jalen Hurts, like this, we got on this whole subject because I was like, I kept saying how Bama better watch out in September because they're going to be splitting time with the, with the two quarterbacks. Because I guarantee you that Jalen will come out there in the first game of the year. However, why, why do you guarantee that though? Why? Because he's he's twenty six and two as a starter. There's doesn't no matter. chance he doesn't play at all in the first game. There's I will bet you anything that my girlfriend owns. You said he comes out first. No, he comes out first in in practice, the first day of, of fall practice. Who cares about that? I mean, he probably does. That's the first step in like trying to figure out who the starter is. This is going to be Saban trying to straddle the fence and trying to play both sides of this thing and trying to convince both of these kids because you, He's you play never done that. You play too strong with Jalen, and then hey, two two is sitting there thinking the same thing. He's like, hey, what am I going to stick around here for and and potentially not play? There was already reports about him transferring if he wasn't going to play in the national championship last year. So like this this whole thing, I get it, but you realize that literally two years ago. Literally two years ago, but, that's been the past. Had start, but hold on, but like you're you're saying that like yeah he's gonna straddle the fence and just like kind of use it to his benefit. Two years ago, they lost every quarterback on the roster not named Jalen Hurts from transfers. I don't think he's gonna try and like screw over all these kids. In the same boat though, like is Jalen Hurts really looking at this like I need to take like have two extra years because I'm gonna be an NFL quarterback? 
Somebody's getting his ear and be like, you're not going to play in the NFL, well, that's, man. That's not his mindset right now. And I would have, I told you, I, I said on this podcast that I thought he was going to change positions. And we joked about, you know, him playing kicker, all that stuff, whatever. But here's the thing. If you are sitting there at, as a quarterback and you have dedicated your career to playing quarterback and you have come out with these comments that you're going to play quarterback and not do anything else, then that's what you're going to try and do. So Jalen, in my opinion, this rule doesn't impact him in the way that others think it will. And I don't think there's any chance that Saban is going to somehow try and like get him to agree to all of this. And then no, it, it, I, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. Saban's going to look out for his best interests. More than anything, I want like if Jalen does decide to leave, yeah, he like he should because he's a he's a hell of a kid. And again, I can't say it enough. He's one second away from being a an effing legend in Tuscaloosa forever. He was so loved. He was so loved two years ago, but I mean, yeah, I, like I get it. I, I guess it's different. Like when I, when I was like playing baseball my entire life, I knew at a pretty early age in college, like, Oh, I'm not going to play professional baseball. So I got a job at enterprise rent a car. Cause they give you the tools to be your own boss. Are they like, do they have a, some sort of system with the NCAA where if you're not going to become a professional athlete, they'll just give you a job. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, that, I, I confirms really that. Oh, I assume that you did. I assume pretty much everything that you tell me is true. You ought to. But I am not assuming that Jalen Hurts is going to be on the roster on opening day. I, I think he ultimately that he's going to head out of town, and I think that he's going to find another place to play. He's going to sit a year. He's going to play a year. He's going to sit a year with a new offensive coordinator elsewhere, and then hope that he can play in the same system for three years. You, you got to remember. He deserves to do that. He deserves to do that. You got to remember this is a guy that's played with two different offensive coordinators, or three really, Th- three, three offensive coordinators, and was already. the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman. And I'm going to say this one more time, Bama fans. If he leaves, if he leaves, first off, you have no one to blame but yourselves or ourselves, whatever. And two, you better, better treat him with some sort of like golf clap, graciousness, yes, and like an appreciation, and like you know, bid him farewell because he. Took you to two national championships. I get they didn't win them, but that's pretty rare. We're going to have a lot more time uh, this offseason to talk about this, especially as developments unfold. But, you know, that that rule is uh, is one that we're going to be keeping tabs on because I think it could be it could definitely come into play this year, uh, especially with some of these superstar freshmen who are behind uh, guys. Loaded depth chart. Don't have to worry about burning a red shirt. It's going to be I'm fantastic about, for the sport. about the other – like that was like the biggest rule change, obviously. The other ones that I'm really excited about, they're going to add more minutes to um, the uh, – what do you call it? The targeting reviews. So they're going to give more time for like the uh, – I'm kidding, Connor. Oh, wow. That's the worst part yeah, of believe, every, single, every single game. I believe everything you tell me. So I'm like, wait, did I miss this? Ejected, like, he he's out of the game. About? Just like a five-minute panic attack that your best safety on the field is going to be out for the next game too. And then the other one is they're not going to um, force you to kick field goals if you don't want to. So Alabama's good. Yeah, we're good to go. All right. There's no chance we're going to get beat. So uh, bye, the, the other actual new rules, uh, <laughs> there's a, a new transfer rule um, that – basically eliminates the permission to contact process that's essentially a kid is able to say on his own, I want to transfer from the school. You don't need to go to the school and wait two days to be able to be contacted by other schools. That's all well and good. And then the the obvious one that needed to be eliminated was the SEC can no longer prevent grad transfers from leaving for another conference school and sitting a season. That concept was absolutely ridiculous. Let's just call it the Brandon Kennedy rule. Brandon Kennedy, former Alabama offensive lineman, transferred to Tennessee as a grad transfer, um, and now he's going to be able to play immediately. So that's you know something that needed to be done. I don't think there's any surprise. Everybody's talked about how great that is for the sport. We're not necessarily going to add anything to that conversation. And then the other obvious one, the SEC now allowing players to transfer within the conference if they're from schools with NCAA sanctions. Let's just call it what it is. It's the Van Jefferson rule. Ole Miss. It's it's all about Ole Miss. Uh, that should clear the way for him to be able to play for Florida in 2018. Uh, a lot of Gator fans expecting big things out of Van Jefferson. It was kind of like, I don't want to say he was overlooked, but like had one touchdown last year um, and played in a— I didn't know who he was. I thought he was a president. <laughs> that's that's Van Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Ben Franklin? Ben Franklin? Van, Van Buren. Ben Franklin, uh, favorite president. Mutton chops. You know, I, I'm excited for like a lot of those SMU players from the 80s. They still have some eligibility left. Hell, I got some eligibility left. This is true. You could, uh, you could definitely suit up. You're wearing like, I guarantee I could play at Vanderbilt right now. I'm kidding. I would love, to, I would love um, 
everyone at home to have a video image of this. This is uh, some great visual podcasting that we're doing here. Uh, you are sitting in a tent with a backwards oh, God, SDS so hat, a backwards SDS hat uh, with with a tank right now. I look like white trash. You look like the most passive prime athlete I've ever seen. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm telling from the neck up. It's not something you had to say on the podcast because you say it every week, but it's fine. I, I We're did. getting there, guys. I did. We're um, getting there. Yeah, nobody's going to be after your eligibility the same way they are for Brandon. I'll Kennedy. have you know that I played a softball game on Sunday and hadn't swung a bat of any kind in years. I went three for three, still got it, never lost it, and I threw somebody out. Three hits. How many hamstrings did you pull? Oh, my gosh, like a four. It's tough to do. Yeah, it is tough to do. It was it was awful. I went home after that. My mom was like, I could barely walk. She's like, are you okay? Do we need to talk? You're only 32 years old. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't stretch, I guess. Yeah, this is... Also, a- I batted the 10 hole out of 10 total batters, which was... We'll discuss that later. That's that's disrespect. It was. So we, we've got... We've, we talked earlier, like, it's it's middle of summer. It is really hot. You're playing softball, tearing hamstrings. We have some cold takes. Shout out to our friends, uh, Cold Takes Exposed. They do tremendous, tremendous work. Uh, had a lot of fun with them. I've collaborated with them uh, on a couple different things. Uh, I, I've never met them, and I, I hope to someday. One one day. One day. We will all meet them, and it will be great. Shout Maybe out to my mom. She follows me on Twitter. Maybe we'll get, uh, get them on the pod. That'd be fun. They've got a lot of good stuff. Um, so we're doing our coldest takes of the summer heat these are our boldest predictions of 2018 that we could see going super, super cold. We're basically saying our predictions are going to be awful, and they're already cold. Yeah. And, but but right now, they're just hot. So they're going to be cold uh, very, first, very soon. Um, skyscraper is going to suck with with The Rock. It's going to be terrible. That's that's a pretty average take, I'd say. That's, that's no, not I really think a lot of people are really excited about that. Oh. Uh, Beyonce, overrated. That's, Next up, that's what do we got? That's a trash take. Okay, your first and only. We have one each. We have one each that we'll elaborate on. Your coldest, I got a couple, but I like this. All right, your coldest take of the summer heat is what? If Jalen Hurts stays at Alabama, oh boy, Bama does not get through September undefeated. Okay, that's that's interesting. So you're saying essentially that they're going to? You're not saying they're going to lose to Louisville? No. Yeah. They're going to be Louisville by at least four touchdowns. Said that on the pod last week. They're going to cover that spread, even though the spread is massive. Patino's gone. Yeah, that's true. Patino's gone. Um, Lamar Jackson is gone. So that's Louisville. Yeah. Uh, so they're not going to lose to Louisville. That means they're going to lose to either Ole Miss or Texas A&M. Yes. So here's my thing. And you guys both looked at me like I was crazy. Kevin wouldn't even make eye contact with me on the, on the uh, morning meeting this morning. I, and I have a tendency to to fear the worst and overreact to stuff. But just looking at that schedule, the way it sets up in the beginning part of September, they go to Ole Miss, which is not very difficult to play. It's like a 60,000 seat vineyard vine store. That being said, JT, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Their quarterback, Justin Taomu. Tom. Jordan. So Jordan. they have Jordan Taomu. Justin Ta-omu. Timberlake. Jo- yeah, JT. We got it all mixed up. LeBron Taomu. Yeah. They have the best receiving corps in in the conference. They maybe, have the best maybe receiver in the, country, in the conference. Maybe in the country. Yeah, agreed. Yes, exactly. And Alabama is replacing not just their starting four, not just their starting five, their top six defensive backs. It's a fair point. That is a fair point. Another fair point is the fact that 62-3 to showed how— Different team. Lopsided that battle was at the line of scrimmage. Ole Miss maybe a little bit decimated from— some of the NCAA sanctions that they've had to deal with, not having the same athletes up front. He's still got little up front, but, you know. There's just miserable games, like when there's like a nothing-to-lose mindset, and they're just going to throw up. Biz- it's like watching every game Gus Malzahn was the, like when he was the OC at Auburn. Double reverse passes, onside kicks, because they have nothing to lose. They have a substitute teacher as their coach. They had nothing to lose last year. Hey, Matt, give Matt Luke a little bit more credit. He does kind of look like a substitute teacher. Yeah, exactly. Somebody tweeted a picture of uh, Will Muschamp last week wearing glasses. I can't remember who it was. Sorry, what I'm blanking. What was that? Um, but he was wearing glasses, and he looked like a substitute teacher. Did you he see that? totally different. Yeah. Yeah, different human being. Um, I would love to see what Matt Luke would look like with glasses on and a blackboard behind him. I think he could definitely pull that off. I think like, he would just like break rulers all day and like, yell at the kids. No, didn't we come up with a different comparison for him that he was... Um, no, I said he always looks like like an angry dad trying to get his kids out of the pool and into the minivan. That's right. Always. That's right. Uh, could be a little bit symbolic for Ole Miss' season, especially if they play defense the I mean, way that they did last year. They also year. have A&M the week after, and they played him really, really tough last year. 
I know. I get that. I'm just saying if they're splitting reps and they have it, like the further it gets into the season, the the higher the chances of the offense becoming like not very consistent, congruent on the same page with each other. Congruent. That's a big word for you. Fighting. I know. It was like six letters. Connor, I'm really smart. I know. Yeah, the, the thing that I would bring up to anybody who thinks that Alabama having quarterback split time is a good idea, I would reference Ohio State 2015 where you had Cardell Jones and JT Barrett looking absolutely atrocious with somebody over their shoulder constantly, and it just flat out did not work. Urban Meyer uh, dealt with a whole lot of stress, which we know he is not exactly a How fan How do you of. not convince one of them to go pro? Uh, that's a, well, JT Barrett was a redshirt freshman, so he couldn't, but, but he, he actually got, like, he's the one that ousted, um, what's his name? Number one, uh, Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller was the two time defending big 10 player of the year. They move him to receiver. Cardell Jones has the option because he, because of only three games to go as high as the first round of the NFL draft, like between the first and third rounds. And he's like, I'm going to stay. The guy, who, Columbus. the guy who once tweeted about uh, why do athletes need to go to school. Right. Um, but also Cardell watches Jones, games with his helmet on, which right. is interesting. Cardell Jones did mature a lot throughout his career, and that ended up you know, working out. JT Barrett ended up leading that team to a Big Ten championship eventually, not in 2015. But anyways, and now he works at an enterprise rent-a-car. Uh, he's, he's with the Saints for right now, I believe, but yeah, enterprise rent-a-car in like four years probably. But yeah, so all right, that's a that's a pretty that take is going to be very cold. They're not going to lose a game in September. I'll disagree with I you mean, on that. I mean, Connor, at one time I did say that that Nelly and Tim McGraw song was quote the greatest song I'd ever heard in my life, over and over again. So I'm not saying like I should ever trust my instincts, but I'm throwing it out there. They basically put the synthesizer on Tim McGraw that entire song, which is one of the worst tragedies you can ever do in music. I think. Yeah. They yes. they decided we're not going to adjust Nelly's voice. We're going to adjust Tim McGraw's voice. So Nelly is just crushing that crossover rap country game. Yeah, because he did the Florida Georgia line. Yeah, he's really. It's uh, never likable. Yeah. Um, but Tim McGraw, I mean, come on. Let, let the guy just do his thing. Anyways, shout out Nelly. We know you're listening. My cold take that's going to be, it's got potential to be really, really cold because I think there's actually a chance that. He's either going to be a starter and he's going to be fine or he's going to transfer. And I think Kyle Trask is going to start every single game for Florida this year. Who's Kyle Trask, you ask? Yeah, what? The guy who has not been a starting quarterback since like his freshman year of high school. Yeah, that's right. This is a really bad take. Yeah, this is um this is a take that I'm holding on to. Just this is a lot about my lack of belief in Felipe Franks to run Dan Mullen's offense. I don't think he's accurate enough. I don't think his having a big arm uh, matters all that much in Dan Mullen's offense. He doesn't particularly thrive with quarterbacks that have these massive arms. He needs somebody who's accurate who's going to be able to make the intermediate reads, uh, be able to read defenses at the line of scrimmage, and I think that. Kyle Trask is going to be the guy to do that. And I know that a lot of Florida fans still like the talent of Felipe Franks. They want to see what he can do with someone who isn't Jim McElwain. I kind of want to see that too, but I still think that Trask... He's going to end up working as like a model at Abercrombie and Fitch and not playing football ever again. He has the look of a guy who, yeah, could definitely do that in the future. Like he's, because he's, you know, he's got like the, he's, I feel like he gels his hair a lot too. Which Probably, kind of yeah. fits the build. Like he wore a lot Hope of Hope you're listening shells. to the league getting burned right now, dude. You good looking, very athletic piece of crap, dude. Burned you, roasted. And he's like 6'5 and he's tall and he's incredible looking. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Good, strong right arm, athletic. U.S. Army All American. Parents are disappointed in him. It's whatever. Whatever, dude. Full ride scholarship to Florida. Like, whatever. We're not jealous at all. But yeah, that's that's my uh, potentially cold take because uh, Kyle Trask is not a guy that Florida fans really expected to win this job. But the more and more I hear about him, you know, watching him in the spring game, I just think that he uh, is going to be the guy that Mullen ultimately likes and chooses to start the entire 2018 season. How cold is that take going to be? I mean, it's, you just kept going. You just kept going. I know. I just did. Further and further. I think they're going to make another Geely movie with uh, Mariah Carey and it's going to win an Oscar. See what I did there? That's not even a cold take. That's just that that, that was never. That's never really a take, because if it doesn't get off the ground, there's no real like get back to you the ground. They probably can make another one. They could. They're gonna do it right. So this is the part in the podcast where we talk about other sports and relate them to college football. Because in case you can't tell, there are other sports going on right now that aren't football. And I don't know if you saw this, but this past weekend. Phil Mickelson ruined golf. Um, golf is the whole sport. The whole sport is dead. 
Phil Mickelson killed it with his putting ways, his like his drunk guy on the golf Deception course ways. And de- deceiving ways. Cheated the game of golf completely of those strokes that we would have gotten to witness from him. So um, thanks a lot, Phil, uh, for ruining golf. I honestly, I think that asshole coach from the first Mighty Ducks in the black leather jacket put it best. If you miss this putt, you're not just letting me down. You're letting your whole team down as well, Phil. And then they chant, win, 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 win. win. And then they lose that one game, and then the other team apparently gets to represent the entire country in the Goodwill Games. Whatever, we're not going to get into it. That being said, a couple months ago, I had the idea that we should spend the offseason becoming more well-rounded and cultured and learning uh, different sports that aren't as fun or exciting to watch as football. We didn't really do anything. No, we didn't, but this is our chance right now. Lo and behold, we're, we're going to do like five different sports yeah. all in one so episode. Get ready for First it. off, golf. So the biggest controversy of the weekend, of course, we're going to bring it back to football. And my thought after watching this, be, me being a, you know, a football guy and wanting to make all things about football. So what would make college football fans this upset? Like as upset as golf fans were that Phil Mickelson accidentally, put, well, not accidentally, he on purpose putted a moving ball just to save a couple strokes. Let's 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 backtrack here for a second. Let's first address what happened. Watergate, the Lewinsky incident. Monica Lewinsky, shout out. She's listening. Home Alone Three. Yeah, th- these are all all just absolute tragedies. Cheated that left us all disappointed. Yeah, yeah, we, we've been cheated. Yeah, cheated us of joy, and that's what happened this weekend when Phil Mickelson putted his ball when it was already moving. Stuff that we do at a Pirates Cove putt putt course, but not in Shinnecock. Nope. It amazed me how many people got so bent out of shape about this whole thing. Yeah, and I, I, I was like trying to compare it because I think this is just the way that golf fans are, and I don't really know if football fans feel the same way. Like they feel like the sport, like you're they're cheating the sport by doing something. Like I think football fans have diff, different reactions, college football fans specifically, of certain things that can happen in the course of a game that feels like you're you're ruining the integrity of the game. Like Lane Kiffin. Deciding to take a safety so that his team wouldn't cover the spread uh, last year because rat poison. Um, shout out Lane Train. I don't yeah, think that's that's incredible. I don't think that that's cheating the game necessarily. But like, what are other things that come to mind that can happen in college football that would cause this kind of outrage from fans based on like a, a player or a coach's performance? Right. So I mean, like running at the score. Honestly, the only thing I could really think of is like how. Like, upset people got with, like, the whole steroid era of baseball. So we can't even come up with a football example. We're just going to go no, straight into baseball. No, I mean, honestly, we can't. We really can't. Like, like unless somebody was, like, targeting on purpose. Right. Well, that's a player like safety they were playing, issue, like, though. Nick Fairley. Yeah. I, I just, it was, it's so weird to see, like, the, like, the standard they were holding these people to. But they're just fans. Yeah, like, like it, it would be like if, if like Saban's press conference after a game was, was, like, actually him having to respond to tweets. Yeah. From like fans. Kind of like that in a way. And maybe if it was a situation like, so you talk about running up the score and that's always, that's a constant debate. Not just in any sport where it's good to score points. So sorry, sorry golf, but this doesn't count you, but uh, you're already dead. So you can't even hear this, but it also don't score points in golf. Yeah, that too. Uh, Where it's good to score points. That's what I meant to say. Um, But in football, like, what if there, what if you did the reverse? Would the reverse be comparable to this? Like a guy who is on the team of a, you know, he's he's on a team that's winning by 50 points, and instead of running in for the touchdown, he kneels on the goal line instead because you're scoring too much too many points. Is that right. disrespecting the other team? Are you cheating the game by doing something like that? I would say no. I mean, you might be rubbing it in. Like, I mean, point shaving would be an issue. Right. But yeah, I don't like in college football, I honestly, outside of running up the score, I can't think of anything that'd be grossly offended by so many people. Yeah. The cheating the game was was the common. Right the common phrase that was used over the weekend. I'm just like cheating him of what? Oh my gosh. Golf is so, I mean like, first off, if you're not a professional golfer, the only reason you're playing golf is because you have one, a lot of disposable income two, just trying to avoid your wife or three, want to have an excuse to get out and drink with your buddies. Yeah. Okay. Probably maybe not. I just, I've never understood why people get so bent out of shape about golf. I, I have a buddy of mine who plays all the time and he wants me to hit three separate tee shots all from the same tee box because I hit with, into the white stakes. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, Aaron, let's just go up and hit the ball. I'm, I'm going to shoot 105. That's not that bad. And 105. I would take 105. It's pretty bad. I would take 105. But 
he's like a golf purist and somehow, I don't know how handicaps work, but he gets to a point where he can actually, he's not allowed to double bogey because it'll, it'll mess up his handicap. I don't, I just don't get it. Also, it's not like Mickelson's the first person. One, he's de- he has a shady past. Like he has like the whole insider trading thing. Too soon. <laughs> but like, it's the same sport that has John Daly as a staple. Tiger Woods was only good when he was like boozing all the time and cheating on his Dropping wife. Dropping F-bombs and on every tee shot that went to the left. Yeah, All the time. I was fine with that. I thought that was cool. I mean, it's, it's just passion. And then like Dustin Johnson was, it's kind of impressive. He was playing while he was on cocaine. So where are the standards that we're trying to like put in for golf? I think this is just golf fans getting bent out of shape. And as someone who like turned into a golf fan for a day and flipped on the U.S. Open right. and watched a few hours of it because football wasn't on on Saturday, um, Jesus. which I assume that's like the majority of golf fans. Compare that to a, a football game. What what like how miserable that was to watch. Not just not just Phil Mickelson, but the whole the whole round. Just the fact that the course was so such a big factor in it. It would be like. Like, football players wouldn't complain about that. Like, could you ever picture football no. players, like, going out on a grass field and being like, yeah, they let the grass run too thick. It was the worst, man. Like, the, the, right. the grass well, was Notre running. Dame, but yeah. Yeah, like Notre Dame, basically. Um, Penn State, still on grass. RG3. Northwestern. But, yeah, like, other than that, like, no player is going to come into the locker room and be like, yeah, we didn't score any points. It's the grass's fault. Like, right. He's also, like, 13 strokes behind. He's not, like, it's not helping him. I know. I, I just I don't get it. Like I, I just. It, <laughs> Anyways, get over yourselves, golf fans. Yeah. Moving, Moving on, on from golf. Fencing. That's enough golf for this podcast. I love golf, but like I just I hate when stuff like that happens. Um, I think the worst thing I've ever done on a golf course, like my entitled self, I was playing on my birthday like six years ago, and I went out to this like pretty nice golf course at Stone Mountain, and I brought a twelve pack of Bud Light with me. And they're like, "Sir, you can't do that." And I was like, "It's my birthday. I can do that." And they just drove off. So I get it, guys. And you did it. And Don't cheat the game. You didn't cheat the game that day. Don't cheat my boozing. Yeah. yeah. So another sport that is happening kind of um, while football oh, is God. you know taking a little bit of a break. Uh, the NBA draft is on Thursday night. And in case you haven't seen, there are a lot of SEC players who are expected to come off the board in the lottery. All these teams tank it to get SEC players. SEC basketball conference? No, no I'm just I'm kidding. I, I'm just so glad and thankful that after such like a long wait, like the basketball off season is over. You, you, you're joking, right? Like, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Can we just have like maybe a couple more weeks without having to hear like LeBron, LeVar Ball, any of that? Yeah. They're all going to get muted on Twitter pretty soon. The SEC is going to have a very strong presence in the first round. We think we expect, at least that's what, you know, reading mock drafts has told me. And so we, obviously, being basketball experts, know exactly how this oh, is yeah. going to go. Um, so, you know, guys that are expected to come off the board, Colin Sexton, Michael Porter Jr., Kevin Knox, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Robert Williams, all those guys could come off the board in the lottery. My question to you, Christopher Joseph Marler, I don't know if your middle name is Joseph, is, is it? It is. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at us. I just guessed your middle That's like the most common middle name. That's why I guessed it. Yeah, it was going to be that of Marie, which is like a pretty common name in the South, but my mom went with Joseph. Wow. Okay, I am uh, I'm really smart. I might not even do need, need Connor to, Van Buren. You're close. Uh, Damn it, Chris. A couple less Vs, though. Which SEC player would you take if you're starting a team from scratch, which I assume that you're doing? And you- Yeah, so I mean, like, if there's anything you know about me, it's that I love basketball and, like, projecting stuff Big like this. Guy. So you talk about that round ball, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this. I mean, like, you want a player that's going to off the dribble – Making it, he's a facilitator and makes his team better, Kobe Bryant, and can attack the hoop to the rim. That's one of the biggest things. And you always want to give it 110%. That being said, Colin Sexton. That, those were some nice cliches that you fit in there. I know, that was, right? That was really, really good. Rudy! No, damn it. How many times are we going to hear Jay Billis say upside? I don't even know if he's on the broadcast for that. Um, I love Jay Billis, but yeah, this is like I just need a break from basketball. I don't want to break up, but I mean, like I, I definitely need a break. They should just start basketball in on Christmas Day, because up until that point, the games suck anyway. And everybody's watching football, so who really cares? Does it even count? Yes, right. So, yeah, I, I'd be on board with that. Um, I would expect. My guess is that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the first of those guys to come off the board. He's got yeah. you know the red flags potentially with still dealing with some injuries. We know that he played through the back issue, um, wasn't at one hundred percent, but. Um, this could be he's aging, dude. Yeah, he's really. It's almost he's nineteen really now. I mean, like, 
dude is, I mean, he can vote. He's been able to vote for a year. Like, do we even want him? Jake Bentley can't do that. Yeah. Could you? Are you good at basketball? I feel like I know the answer to this, but you're from Indiana, so I'm it's like. I'm not from Indiana. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, the mean streets of Buffalo Grove, where, yeah, every. Capone. Not really um, middle Kanye. class. Um, but yeah, so no, not really. I'm a three point shooter at best, um, but no, not really. I am not as good as, oh, let's say, Robert Williams at dunking. I think he has me beat yeah. at that. Um, me being a, someone who has to lie to say that I'm 5'9, Robert Williams has me beat um, with throwing throwing the, the ball in the hoop. You're close enough. But yeah, so uh, NBA draft is going to be going down Thursday night. Everybody on Twitter is going to be reacting to it. I'm sure we'll probably have some sort of reaction to it, like mentally. It's the weirdest, weirdest draft because it, like, literally the first round, there's only two rounds. And the first round is really pretty much over after like 12. And you go, it's always the same thing every year. It's like, all right, the first overall pick is a 6'11 swingman or a 7'2 center. The number two pick is a guy with way too many K's and N's in his name. He's probably from Yugoslavia. You've never heard of him. Three pick, whoever the best point guard was last year. Then I lose interest. I just think the NBA draft was better than the NFL draft because the NBA draft what? at least had – it was different. I mean, it was different like 10, 15 years ago when you had guys who weren't just one year in college. You know, the one, right. the one and done era has changed what the draft is. I don't really even know a lot of these guys. I mean, I know the guys in the SEC, but like outside of that, you know, and it, it, some of the big, big-name people. But other than that, I mean, like I'm not going to pretend like I know – it's crazy draft. too that like like the Hawks like I live in Atlanta so the Hawks have the, the number three overall pick, and they've been talking all week on the radio. They're like, you know, they need to do the smart thing here, get a good player, but not a great player, so they can be bad again next year, and then have another high draft pick. It's like even if you're like I guess it's like the Browns, like the entire draft is like the Browns. You have to be bad for several several years to be at the top before you can actually be good Which again. The Browns are going to be really, really good again because they've been bad for so years by that logic. So Yeah, they got Greg Robinson today. Yeah. I mean, championship? Should we make the fake plaque for them just like Texas A&M has? Probably yeah. so. We'll get on that. But yeah, that's enough round ball talk, guys. Hope hope for the best for all those hoopsters. Uh, we've got one more uh, other sport uh, to hit on yes. here. Uh, football, uh, not the good kind. Um, the kind that, yeah, we know a lot of people are watching, but America's not in. So really, does it count? I don't know. I, Yeah, uh, so the World Cup is happening right now, and there's a lot of people that are paying attention to it. I lost money on uh, Argentina, so I'm not really, I'm, I'm a little bit jaded on it. That being said, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Somehow America didn't make it. Tunisia did. Senegal did. A lot of other teams did. But we did not. Um, there's only been one game that's been bearable to watch so far, and that was Spain-Portugal. It was awesome. A lot of fun. You have no idea anything about soccer, do you? No. Uh, I'm looking at you like you're speaking Mandarin right yeah. now. Okay, so soccer is a sport. It's famous and popular everywhere else in the world. And they have, like, every country has their best and most attractive athletes play this this sport only. That part I know. So, I know the whole, like, LeBron James, if he played soccer, like how much better would the U.S. Yeah, he'd be terrible. I mean, Yeah. Kobe would have been really good. He was actually good. But yeah, like your only options like growing up, it's like, all right, you can either play soccer or you have to like, like sweep a street outside of like a, on cobblestone or something. Anyway, what I did, since we had just that such a lovely time with the episode we did about the office versus SEC teams, I went ahead and made a little uh, a cheat sheet for you guys so you can pay or play along with the World Cup. Did you Cup. do all the SEC teams here? Um, Yeah, all four. No. Yeah, all four teams. Oh, my gosh. But the good news is I can't find it, so... That being said, here we go. Strap in. Uh, let's start with some lingo here, Connor. Do you know what a cap is? A cap? Like a hat. So I'm going to give you some soccer terms so you know what they mean in football talk. Okay. Cap means start. Like if you started a game. Why don't you just say start? Yeah. I mean, why don't they call it soccer? They call it football. Good point. Good point. Unbelievable. Uh, if you cross, like if you send a cross. Like a pass to the middle of the field from the other side of the field. That's not that complicated. I, it's basically a jet sweep. Yeah. Okay. Your kit. Uh, your fanny pack? Yes. Actually, that makes the most sense. A yellow card targeting. Penalty flag. Yeah. But like, whereas like in football, they're actually hurt. This is just like they stub their toe. Oh, right, right. Which does hurt, but it's like, you know, they get right back up. Um, if you send something with pace. Uh, run the hurry up offense. Yes. There you go. Pitch equals field. Sacked. Means fired. Oh, oh. Yeah, so that's kind of close. Okay. Anyway, here's the deal. 
There's 32 teams. It's not very fun to watch. All the games are on at 7 a.m. It's hard to get up for like Saudi Arabia and Russia right now. But you know what? We don't have football right now, so that's what we have to get invested into. Here we go. UGA is basically like England. They're always kind of close, but they always do something stupid in the knockout round, come up super short. Alabama is either Germany or Brazil because it's all they have really to live for, and they're trying to also hide that past. That's Germany. And also, it's hilarious when they what lose. What past with Germany? Oh, they had some things happen with their economy. I must not have been alive. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Auburn is Mexico because Mexico just beat Germany, and it was an absolute miracle. Um, that one was for if you that ran, one was uh, for Hitler. Oh, yes, that oh, one was shoot, for Hitler. Also, Mexico is my favorite team right now, even though they are Auburn, because in, during their training they had a day off and they all got hookers. Oh, yeah, world right. class athletes here, guys. Um, Tennessee. I'm going to say France or the Netherlands because the orange. France makes sense. They're always around, but they don't really do anything. Plus, they always wave a white flag and get like just beaten like a drum. Um, South Carolina, Iceland, because they have the Viking chant. I really wish you watched soccer. Florida is Spain. I'm not going to get into it. They just are. Arkansas is Australia because they're just kind of out there, just doing stuff, talking real funny. Razorbacks, hog statues, kangaroos fighting. I'm amazed how much time you put into this. Oh, yeah, a lot. Uh, LSU is Russia because it's absolutely terrifying and anything goes in Death Valley and Russia. I saw a video last week of someone on the streets. First off, you know, at the World Cup, they allowed any kind of drug. Saw that. Saw that. To be brought in. Hell of a time. Also saw a video of a guy riding up to the stadium with a tiger in his front seat. As one does. Yeah. Um, Vandy is Croatia because Croatia is apparently a really fun place to party. So is Nashville. Shout out Tony Kukoc. Yes. Kentucky is Columbia. I don't remember why. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. They're famous for something else. Not soccer or football. Sofia Vergara. Cocaine and basketball. Not together. Um, Mizzou is South Korea. They get a bad rap. Yeah. But they're not North Korea, guys. But they're not Just like they're not Purdue. Yeah. Exactly. And A&M is Argentina because they always fail. There you go, guys. Um, oh, Ole Miss is, is Brazil post-2014 post because the, the wheels fell off. Wow, that was enough soccer for a lifetime. But we learned about other sports today. I'm really impressed that you did that. Just culture yourself, man. I'm, Come on. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm going to watch the NBA draft. Is that cultured? No, not at all. That's really boring. There's going to be like a bunch of eight-piece suits. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like seven feet tall. Fair enough. You want to go to like an Irish pub and like and like get caught up in the moment. That's the worst part is trying to figure out who to cheer for. It is awful. It's like we're watching like a Big Ten basketball tournament that we have to watch. I'm just shaking my head. Not for you. Bad example. My head. Do we have a Family Feud lightning round for me today? We do. All right, guys. As you can tell, we put a lot of effort into this week. Pretty excited about it. This week, uh, I will give you a shout out, Connor. You wrote a phenomenal article. I got to paragraph four before I cried. Uh, about Father's Day, so tip of the cap to you. Appreciate that. Usually, I cry after our podcast anyway because you always make fun That's of me. True. But this was a this is a different, different cry. Kind of cry. So that being said, this week's Family Feud Lightning Round is all about Father's Day, all about Dad swag, which I've kind of developed, even though I'm not a dad yet. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, you're just saying you're uncool. I think we knew that. Yeah, that's that's really it. That there's really nothing to it. You're like two years away from like shorts, but like beneath the knee cargo shorts, which is uh, fine. I'm not a cargo shorts man. That I am not. Oh, thank God. I like that. Okay. Okay. That being said, we have 10 questions. I pulled our audience, mainly of dads, to find out their favorite things, kind of like a power rankings of dad stuff. All right. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Put 20 seconds on the clock. Number one, best dad name? Gerald. Mm, Rick. Or Greg with three G's. It's obnoxious. Favorite beer? Uh, Bud Light. Oh, it's Coors Light. Or Stella, if somebody else is buying or they're at a formal affair. Uh, Best dad bling? Wedding ring. No, that's way off. It is a cell phone waist clip. That's not bling. Uh, Next question. That is bling for them. Place dad spends the most money at? I'm going to say Kohl's to get his New Balance shoes. Mine was uh, massage parlor, but that's a different story. I said Home Depot and Coles. You are correct, sir. Um, favorite restaurant? Chili's or Applebee's? Exactly. It used to be steak and ale, so they, they shut down. Tough day. Band. Favorite band or musician? Run out of time. I'm going to go with The Temptations. Not even close. Jimmy Buffett or The Eagles? They're both awful. 
most dad car? Uh, Ooh, Toyota tough one Camry. Wrong. It is a Ford Taurus. Yeah, I was close. With cloth seats. Close. Most dad saying. A uh, little small chalk, small talk joke to the waiter or waitress. Well, I mean, give me a specific example. Like I'll have what she's having, or something like that. Right. That is that actually came in third. One was them farting and saying there must be a frog around here. Oh huh? yeah, yeah. And the other one was I'll turn this car That's around. That's a big one. Um, favorite movie. Um, I'm gonna say Caddyshack. That's a very good guess. It's it's a it's two. It's twofold. It's a few good men always, oh, yeah. and then you know the lighthearted ones, Caddyshack or like Anchorman or something stupid. And your last question: their favorite article of clothing for dads. I'm gonna say a tucked-in golf shirt. Ooh, that is close, but that is not correct. It's a tucked-in T-shirt with no belt or all-white New Balances if they're going out of the town. Connor. These are the most points you've scored in any of the family feuds. It's pretty it's good. Fitting, you know your dad's way. I know. I, I really do. It's a it's a gift. What can I say? I picked up a lot. That being said, what is your favorite? I, I want to know this. What is your favorite sports memory of like you and your dad? Favorite sports memory, me and my dad. Was FaceTiming my dad after the Cubs won Game Seven of the World Series, and us being speechless for about ten minutes and just looking at each other like I can't believe it happened. Tears in our eyes. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's long distance, not really with my dad, but uh, that one's... No, it's still, you get to share that. That's a, that's a special one. How about you? Um, Oh, boy. I'm trying to think. It's probably Bama-related. We went to... Oh, we went to the 2008 Iron Bowl together, and one of my friends was a Bama Bell, and she got me in as a recruit. Ooh, what you, you kind of... So I got to walk on the field. Yeah, at the time yeah. I did. I got to walk on the field, and it was like with like Drake Kirkpatrick, Trent Richardson, DJ Fluker. And like walk in front of the student section, like cheering on all that kind of stuff. And uh, Bama won 36 nothing against Auburn. So first time they won in six years. And then my dad screamed in a 15-year-old's face all the words of Rammer Jammer. Wow. All right. Oh, also before the game, he uh, gave a fist bump to Mark Ingram and said, run it down their effing throats, Mark. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable for everybody. Oh, gosh. Speaking of dads, uh, did you see this like really, really great dad moment from Intern Butch Jones. Um, so he dropped his first public, at least that I saw, Roll Tide, uh, this video that was tweeted by Charles Billingsley. Um, so it looked like Jones, like intern Butch Jones, was walking around this like Alabama event and like maybe it was an alumni event. I don't know what it was. And he's wearing this black sweater. And then um, Charles Billingsley, who was shooting the video. He was wearing a black sweater? Yeah, it was like a black sweater. It's like a thousand degrees It was outside. inside. It was inside, though. Okay. Um, in AC. So... Uh, I think like he was like, hey, what's going on? You know, my favorite coach, intern Butch Jones. He didn't say intern, but I had to add that in there. And then I appreciate that. Intern Butch Jones throws up the deuces and goes, roll tide as he's as he's walking away. It was um, Oh my God. It was I don't want to say tough to watch because I think it was great to watch, but it was one of those things I'm never gonna forget. And uh, I will watch it probably about 50 more times. It's like it had to have been just like watching like a white thirteen year old kid try to dab somebody up and mess it up. Let's 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 not bring race into it. It could be you know thirteen year old kid of of any shape, size, color. We gender. were both white thirteen year olds, and I guarantee we messed up most of our dabs. I know. Well, I didn't. I didn't dab until I was twenty six. Until I was old enough, but I get the point. Not dab. Dap. Oh, dap. Oh, I think you said Unbelievable. Dap. Yeah. I'm from Sun Mountain. I was just trying to make you feel better. I didn't mess up any of my dabs. Yeah. I'm awesome. Yeah. All right. Up next, uh, it might, it mean, might too mean too much. We've got three. We've got three good ones. Uh, first of all, uh, so we did a lot, a little bit of Arkansas heavy. Um, it might mean too much last week. So only fitting that we start again with another Arkansas. Big old hog. Big old hog fan. Um, so there was an Arkansas fan that decided, you know what? The tarp is going on the field at the College World Series, and I should just run out onto it. So hops over the fence, the outfield wall, and runs out onto the field. Kind of like a little bit of like a lollygag jog. I don't really know yeah. what you want to call it. Not, not really running anywhere in particular, but... Um, the highlight, of course, was the security guard just running up to this guy and decking him and getting an SEC scholarship immediately after. There was no excuse for him to get hit that hard and because there's no way he didn't see him. He was watching him come at him the whole time and just form tackle, put that shoulder right in his belly button. He didn't load up. It was awesome. Yeah, the, 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 guy, who got, the guy who was running out into the field did not prepare for that, and he should have. At all. His peripherals were terrible. If he had a scholarship, it was revoked from that. Listen up, Tanner. If you're going to go run on the field, don't do it in your Sperry's. And how about how bad of friends that he had? They just sat there filming the whole thing. Yeah. Come on. 
Don't know why that would ever be a good idea, but we did learn that security guards can tackle very, very, very well, and especially when they've got a sitting duck. So Arkansas fans, um, you are winning. It might mean too much. Um, this is Alabama, and this is what you would expect this time of year. So Alabama offered a scholarship to an eighth grader who is 6'7", 370 pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is a large individual. So the doctor... Is it a thyroid condition? I, I don't think so. Uh, I, is he like growing out before he grows up like my mom always said I was he's doing? He's going to grow up too, even more. Apparently doctors said... Uh, by the way, the recruit's name is uh, Kianta Goodwin. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. You are. Uh, yeah. from, he's from Lawville. <laughs> and so he apparently... Doctors say that he could be over seven feet tall. Okay, what is happening? Like, is he like Andre the Giant type thing? I don't know. I think we should is check. like a peanut? I think we should check inside of him to make sure there's not another human being. Um, well, I don't like the way you said that at all, but like, yeah, if we could get like a doctor to just, do it. Yeah, get him to open his mouth and be like, hey, are you hiding yeah. another human being in there? Because you are very, Like very a men in black thing. Yeah, so. Um, that's six seven three seventy. That's That's big. I mean, I wore size 32 Husky pants in, in eighth grade. You bought the Husky really pants? really frustrating. My mom did. I was like, Mom, just get 34s. No, you're not a 34. Like, yeah, I am. I still wear a 34. There you go, Chris. I always wondered who bought the Husky pants. Not make, I'm yeah, not trying to me. make fun of Husky guys like yourself. At least they weren't tough skins. That's true. That would have been bad. That's true. Either way, yeah, good for him. This reminds me like, of it, like them offering him is there's a 12-year-old in Europe. I don't know if you saw this last week. That's 6'11". I saw this. And he's like just destroying kids in basketball because they're playing on eight-foot goals. So he'll like just not not leave his feet, dunk, and then jump up afterwards. I think it's actually in Canada, but Canada, Europe, yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, Florida State has already offered good win at Kianta. You could probably play at Florida State offensive line right now. Yeah, probably could. Uh, Florida State and LSU have already offered this kid. Um, Alabama probably just going to have him penciled into the starting lineup in like 2024. 20, kicker. Oh, kicker. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Seven feet tall. Oh, that's a lot. Of, that's a big grocery bill. Probably put him at running back. <laughs> who's, I don't know who's going to tackle that guy. That's no. unbelievable. Um, so last thing, you hit on this earlier, um, or at least I think we were going to, but then we didn't. Mexico fans of the World Cup, their new thing apparently um, is Caremos Bama, which is Spanish for We Want Bama. And Could not have made me happier. That uh, was the the war cry after Mexico beat defending champ Germany, and now Alabama has to do the Vanderbilt, you know, give them the Vanderbilt treatment, and basically, yeah, you know, put up like 80, 80 points. Football or football? Which one could Alabama score more in? I would probably say football because the point system is different. Good point. Good point. Seems like an obvious answer. Yeah. I was just mainly excited that like Mexico was talking trash to Bama. And then also with the fact that, like, you know that was just, like, falling on deaf ears because, like, there's only probably 13 people in the state that are, like, actually know Spanish outside of, like, where's the baño? Donde esta? They were like, donde esta el baño? Like, where almost Bama? Two titans, man. I'd love to see that. I would support if that became the new war cry in, across college football because, let's be honest, we want Bama should, should be graduated. I think it should be done. It hasn't worked for anybody in years past. No. So let's let's just put that to bed. Don't show up to college game day with your We Want Bama sign. Show up with your Caremos Bama sign. Yeah, and I'll tell you another thing. Trump, if you want to save some money, just put Bama at the at the border. That defense is a wall itself. Am I right? How many times do you think that was said in Alabama this past weekend? So, so, so much. Anyway. Fantastic. Uh, that's It Might Me Too Much. Please uh, tune in next week. We're going to talk about hiking. Yeah, we're going to maybe we'll talk about like racquetball or ping pong. Hey, or oh, something. yeah. Squash. Um, I wanted to briefly touch on this uh, one quick time. I appreciate anybody who um, read a column I wrote for Father's Day, something that was really important to me. I don't know if I've ever said it on this on this podcast, but uh, my dad died uh, the day after Christmas this past year, uh, died of esophageal cancer, dealt with this uh, over the course of the last two years. And um, yeah, cancer got the best of him. So, you know, just I wrote a, in a way it was a tribute, but, you know, I wasn't looking for sympathy or anything like that looking for just a, a way to spread a message to say, enjoy the time that you have with your dad. Um, you just never really know when it's when it's going to come to an end. Um, so I know we like to have a lot of fun in this podcast, but kind of want to end on you know that note just by saying we appreciate all of our listeners. If you're listening to this with your dad, uh, continue to enjoy it. Um, you and your dad can give us a nice little five-star review there. We really appreciate that too. But 
we, uh, we really appreciate, seriously, anybody who has reached out to us and said that you're listening to this with a family member, um, your wife, your kid, anybody. Um, we, we really appreciate uh, all of you guys. We have a lot of fun doing this. We have a lot of fun getting oh, to talk well, about college football. Well, you don't. Unless it's Phil Mickelson, because that, that guy, I don't want him anything, anywhere around this podcast. Yeah, he is. He killed golf, so he could kill this podcast. Yeah. We should, we'll, we'll keep Agreed. Phil Mickelson away, but everybody else, you are more than welcome to listen. Come on down, y'all. Come on down. We're just having some fun And at here. some point, it's going to be football season again. We're like a month away from media days. You know that, right? We are 27 days. Ooh, you are totally crossing the days off on your calendar. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun things planned for that. Hang tight until then. I promise. I promise that we are going to get into more actual football yeah. stuff. Uh, maybe we're going. And if you guys want us to do, uh, you know, anything fun or segments like that, send us a send us a message. Leave us a review. Leave us an office gift, something like that. Yeah, something like that. We don't. I mean, we we'll probably get like a little bit more well versed on a on a TV show, but we could do something like we did with the Office again. Yeah. No, I I would absolutely love it. Yeah, but. Uh, Stay, stay, uh, stay cool out there, SEC fans. It's really, really hot right now. It's ninety-five in Orlando today, or something like that. But stay cool. And all you hoop stars, keep it fresh and, and keep cool. This is your intern coach, Butch Jones, rocking and jocking. Remember one more thing. What, what, what do we have to remember? I'll, I'll say it for you, because you mess this up every single week. Yeah, it might mean too much. I was gonna try to say it in Spanish, but I don't know what it is. Queremos, uh, that's all. I know. Roll time. Roll time. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Great.